what's up my homies everyone range you from the gays to the days and everyone inside and outside that range i hope everyone is having a lovely beautiful and amazing day so far so today's podcast episode is the first true crime video i did on my youtube channel as well um i also had another podcast for a while but i got locked out of it for some reason um so it wouldn't let me make new episodes so i'm coming to here and i'm reposting all my episodes so yeah today's episode is about david parker ray also known as the toy box killer okay so i just want to start this off by saying i'm sorry if you hear background noise um my cousins are here at the moment and so it might be a little bit loud. So as I said earlier, I'm covering the case of the Toy Box Killer. So let's get into it. Cynthia Vigil Jaramillo was abused as a child. And when her mom, um, well, whenever Cynthia was a teen, her mom was murdered. I don't know the exact age she was when her mom was murdered. I'm so sorry for repeating it. it Oh my gosh. But I don't know what the, her exact age was, but yeah, she she was pretty young. Um after this incident, um Cynthia turned to sex work. Her which is pretty risky. Like normally that is a risky job. So already we can tell she's strong. Like she's so, wow. And then, shortly after this, well, I don't know when it was, but her best friend also got murdered. Um, which is really sad as well. Like, oh my gosh. But Cynthia, like I said, she is so strong. Like, at such a young age, dealing with that wow so on the night of march 19th 1999 only a couple months after the death of her best friend cynthia vigil jaramillo's night started off normal um you know she was at she was at job she was at her job you know yeah um it was normal until she got arrested by an undercover cop this undercover this undercover cop wasn't a real cop and his real name is david parker ray david put cynthia in his trailer which is soundproof and drove her to elephant butte new mexico at this point cynthia realized that she wasn't getting arrested and she just knew that she had to get away when she first got into the trailer he played a tape saying terrible and disgusting things. And he said, like, all the things that he was going to do to her. It was just nasty. And this, there is a recording of this tape. I'm pretty sure it is read by someone else. I don't know who it is read by. Um, but it's just so disgusting. I couldn't even last five minutes of listening to that. It was nasty. 
So, ugh. He kept there. Oh, while while Cynthia was in David's trailer, he drugged her so she could be weaker and wouldn't be able to fight back. He kept her there for three days, where he tortured her and raped her. But he wasn't alone in doing this. His girlfriend, Cindy Hendy, was also participating in this. So, how did David turn to this terrible person? I would like to believe that not everybody is born evil. Like, there, I, it's just so hard to think that people are born evil. So I'm going to go into David's background story because I I just want to know, like, why, why? So we know that David's adult life is not very good. Let's look into, like, more of his childhood. He was born in Belen, New Mexico on November 6th, 1939. David and his sister, Peggy, were raised mostly by their super strict grandfather. He didn't have a very good relationship with his dad, and his dad rarely ever visited David and Peggy. When his dad did visit, it was to give David magazines that included pornography and to beat him. David was also teased throughout his childhood for being shy around girls and he didn't do very well in school as a teen he abused drugs and alcohol um which never a good combination of things ever bullying drugs alcohol that's no that it usually doesn't end well and as we can see in this case it didn't end well um, David served in the U.S. Army and received an honorable discharge, and after his time in the Army, he worked as a mechanic, and I'm pretty sure that's what he worked as for the rest of his life until, like, one point, which we will get into later. <laughs> it's believed that he started killing in 1950, so that was when he was around 11 the heck man 11 years old and you're already killing people anyways let's go to back to the current time in the story where we left off it was cynthia's third day at probably the one of the worst places on earth david went to work and cindy accidentally left the keys to cynthia's chains on a table next to her I forgot to mention this earlier, but Cindy was chained. Um, So sad. Oh my gosh. But Cindy went to go take a phone call. Oh wait, I meant to say Cynthia was chained. Sorry, this... Ugh. The, the, The names are confusing. Cindy went to go take a phone call. Um, So she was in a different room than Cynthia was. And Cynthia knew that it was her chance to get out of there. So she started reaching for the keys and there was most likely 
some struggle in doing this because as i said earlier she was chained up oh my gosh uh, how are people able to do this to another person it doesn't make sense to me like uh. so cindy heard um cynthia like moving around and went to go check up on her Cindy then broke a lamp over Cynthia's head in hopes that it would maybe knock her out, but it didn't work. Um, and Cynthia picked up an ice pick from off the ground and stabbed Cindy in the neck with it. Cynthia picked up the ice pick. I don't know if I said Cynthia or Cindy, but Cynthia picked up the ice pick from off the ground and stabbed Cindy in the neck with it. Um... But Cindy, Cindy didn't die, you know, it was just to slow her down, you know. And I have no clue where Cynthia got the ice pick. Like, was there just a random ice pick laying around? Come on, David. You do better. Keep your area clean, man. You don't... I don't know about you, but in a normal person's, like, room or something, or where they, like they're like live there usually isn't a random ice pick on the ground but thank goodness it was on the ground because if it wasn't then Cynthia probably wouldn't be able to escape so Cynthia unlocked her chains and left she like booked it she was like okay peace out she was wearing nothing but an iron slave collar and the padlock chains that she was in and that just shows, like, how nasty Cindy and David were. Like, how are you able to do this to someone? It's just so sad. So, she made it to a nearby mobile ho house, mobile home or house. I don't know, whatever you would consider it. Where the owner of the house um, gave Cynthia a robe and let her call the police. When the police showed up at the trailer, it was straight up of what nightmares were made of. I saw pictures of this trailer, and it is so disgusting. Like, it makes me believe that some people are truly heartless. And it's it's sad to think. It, it's It's just so sad. But... The police, of course, saw the struggle that Cynthia had escaping because, you know, the broken lamp. Um, yeah. But there was a lot more than that. The trailer, which David called the Toy Box, which gave him the name the Toy Box Killer, was filled with torture devices, which he called his friends. That man was seriously sick. Who does that, like, just like, oh, yeah, these these torture devices, they're my friends. Go out and make some real friends, David. Like, go to a park or something and make some friends. Go on a walk, go on a stroll, walk your dog, get a dog. Go on a walk. Just do something to make friends. Just don't know.
So Cynthia told Albuquerque Journal, quote, he put me, oh wait, he, hold up. Cynthia told Albuquerque Journal, quote, he told me I was under arrest and he put handcuffs on me. He put me in his trailer and drove me to Elephant Butte. He did a lot of sick stuff to me. I was there for three days. On the third day, I got away. I was scared he was going to catch me, unquote. Cynthia also said, quote, the way he talked, I didn't feel like it was his first time. It was like he knew what he was doing. He told me I was never going to see my family again. He told me he would kill me like the others, unquote. Which is so disgusting, David. Get your stuff together. Anyways, they found things including whips, pulleys, surgical surgical blades, a fake police badge, clamps, leg spreader bars, chains, straps. I think I said straps earlier. Shoot. No, I don't. I don't think they did. I don't know if I did. Saws, sex toys, and a wooden contraption, which he used to bend his victims over and his... For him and his friends to rape his victims. And for by friends, I'm pretty sure it meant the torture devices. Because I'm pretty sure, like, he didn't have real friends. But he had his girlfriend. Um, oh my gosh, so nasty. On the walls, David had very detailed drawings of torture techniques that were drawn by him. He even had a gynecologist table in the middle of the room. Sorry, I had a hard time pronouncing that. Above that table was a mirror on the ceiling so that his victims would be able to see the terrible things that he was doing to them. Which is so sick, man. Get some help. Um, uh, that's so, so messed up. Investigators found his diaries that he used to document what he did to his victims. Investigators also found a list that contained the names of his victims, a fake driver's license that had the missing person Jill Troya on it, along with a bunch of tapes. Um, Jill Troya has actually never been found, so if anyone does have any information on that, you know, let someone know, because that would be really helpful. Um... Police arrested Cindy Hendy and David Parker Ray. They took Cindy for questioning and she told them supposedly all that she knew. What police found from the questioning is shocking. Cynthia wasn't David's only victim and David had help with the torturing and raping. David's daughter, Glenda Jean Ray, also known as Jessie, participated with at least one of the victims torturing. But Jessie 
wasn't the only one either. Dennis Yancey, one of Jesse's friends, participated in the murder of one of the victims. When they found out that there were more people involved, they brought them in for questioning as well. During David's questioning, he confessed to the kidnapping and torturing of Cynthia. He claimed that the reason that he was doing it was to help her. Cynthia had a heroin addiction, and he apparently wanted to help her get rid of it. And as I'm pretty sure you can all tell by now, that is all bullshit. He didn't want to help her at all. He, his, he wanted to kill her. It, it's disgusting how, how people can do this to other people. I, ugh. In Dennis Yancey's questioning, he mentioned another woman. He said that there was another woman named Marie Parker. She was abducted on an unknown date and Dennis strangled her to death. I couldn't find much information on Marie other than the fact that she was strangled by Yancey. But yeah, Cindy told officers that they dismembered the bodies and threw them into the Elephant Butte Lake. Um... Jill Troya, the lady on the driver's license that I mentioned earlier, was never counted as one of David's victims and is still missing today. She went missing on September 30th, 1995. Jill was 22 at the time of her disappearance. She was 5 feet tall and 100 pounds. Jill was last seen wearing gray pants, gray jeans, and a white shirt and sneakers. If you have any information on her disappearance, please contact authorities. While they were questioning Cindy, police looked out what was on the tapes. They found things that nobody would have ever thought they would find. David recorded himself torturing his victims and put him onto the tape. There were audio recordings and actual like video recordings. On one of the videos from 1996, they saw a woman, but she was unidentifiable because the tapes didn't show her face. Police then noticed she had a tattoo. I'm pretty sure it was on her leg. So they released the tattoo to the public in hopes of the victim being alive. This woman was alive and came forward saying it was her. She recognized her own tattoo and she didn't remember a lot of the torturing that happened because she was drugged. This woman is Kelly Garrett. She was a former friend of Jesse Ray's, and in case you don't remember who Jesse is, that is David's daughter. On July 14th, 1996, Kelly got into an argument with her husband at the time and she want, because she wanted to spend time with Jesse. Once Jesse and Kelly met up, David put a dog collar on Kelly and led her up to his trailer. Kelly was kept in his trailer for two days. In those two days, she was tortured and raped. On the second day, David slit Kelly's throat and left her on the side of the road. She did survive this attack, but nobody believed her story. Her husband filed a divorce and accused her of cheating on him. Unfortunately, these victims weren't David's only victims either. A woman named Angela Montano came forward saying that she was also abducted by David. She said that she was abducted just a little over a month, uh, just a little bit over a month ago. 
uh, at the time. But for some odd reason, police didn't investigate Angela's case. I don't know if it's Angelica or Angelica, but yeah. Investigators investigated... (laughs) I'm, I'm laughing because of the way I worded it. I'm sorry. The trailer and the they um, some more and they found pictures of another victim unfortunately i don't think that woman was ever identified but yeah investigators were also investigators also found animal bones that were buried nearby the property i don't know if they ever linked the bones to david's case but i did find that interesting on may 7th 1996 angelica or angelica passed away from a drug overdose Cynthia and Kelly testified against David. He was charged with 12 counts of kidnapping, conspiracy, and sexual abuse on May 17, 1996. The trial began in either 1997 or 1996. Ray ended up having a heart attack, so the trial was postponed. The judge wanted to try David for a murder that happened in 1996 in Colorado. If you didn't know, New Mexico was right next to Colorado so that would make sense but yeah the judge the the judge declared mis- a mistrial because the jury couldn't all agree that the victims were held against their will which is huh what you don't believe that they were held against their will but they were drugged anyways once the retrial began Everything was going well until a couple of days in. The judge passed a, the oh the yeah, it was going well until a couple of days into the trial and then the judge passed away. The trial didn't continue until April of 1997. He was found guilty of all 12 charges. The second trial began in June of that same year. He was offered a plea bargain that would make it to where his daughter would face 5-year probation and he took it. In 2001, he was finally sentenced. Ray was sentenced to 224 years in prison, and Cindy Hendy was sentenced to 36 years in prison. Ray's daughter was sentenced to nine years in prison. I couldn't find Dennis Yancey's sentence, um, or even if he did get a sentence, but that kind of sucked. David passed away in prison in 2002. Only a year into his sentence, he had a heart attack and died. I couldn't find exactly when he said this, but David said, quote, It was a source of entertainment for me to create these tapes. That's why there was a disclaimer at the beginning of the tape stating that it was for adult entertainment only, unquote. Most of the people believed that Cindy was just as evil as her boyfriend. Unfortunately, she was released in prison. Uh, she was released from prison in 2019, after only serving about half of her sentence, which really pissed off the public. Cindy, um, Cynthia, has three sons who she's raising, and I genuinely hope that she is still doing okay today. No bodies were ever found, and no possible victims were ever identified. No deaths were linked to David, and in November of 2002, the toy box was opened to the public in hopes of any possible 
survivors to come forward. Well, anyways, that's all for today's episode. I hope you all have a lovely rest of your day or night. But yeah, bye.